Hello world, it's time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily, and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. And here we go. Episode 30. What is Reiki? Hello out there, beautiful souls. It's great to be back with you today on Cue the Coach. I am your host, Michael Malik, and today we are going to talk about Reiki. I myself am a certified level three Reiki master, and I've been practicing Reiki intentionally for just over two years now. So although I've been researching and working with energy healing modalities for really over 20 years, my actual certification with Reiki itself is just two years old. So I'm just kind of learning to walk, if you will, with my Reiki shoes on. But I've been practicing very frequently for those last two years, and I've definitely been fully aware of what it is for quite a bit longer than that. So there isn't too much of a difference between other energy work um, that I've done in the past 20 years or so, other than that now the initiation process of Reiki Master has been officially completed through taking three different courses um, to certify me. So what is Reiki? Is it voodoo? Is it something you perform in the backyard while swinging a rake through the air? <laughs> nope. Not a weirdo or anything. Well, not that kind of weirdo. I'm the other kind. So no, Reiki is none of that stuff. It's very simple and it's actually quite beautiful. So Reiki is a spiritual spiritual healing art with ancient roots originating in Japan. And the word Reiki itself can be broken down into two parts to translate into English, Rei, R-E-I, meaning universal life, and Ki, K-I, which means energy. So it is universal life force energy. And the use of this modality is called energy work, which is simply spiritually guided life force energy. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that this is something near and dear to my heart, right? And today, by the way, is actually episode 30, which is pretty cool to me. That's a nice little milestone for me. I've been doing this for a little while. Um, so thank you very much for listening. But uh, it's my belief and the belief of many sages, seers, and ancient mystics throughout time that this spiritually guided life force energy runs through everything, seen and unseen, at all times. 
So who then has access to it? Well, every single person and living being has access to Reiki energy. It's flowing through everyone and everything, whether one is conscious of it or not. Most of us, however, don't even set our attention on the awareness that this energy exists or that it can be directed consciously. And I've also listened to Reiki instructors and Reiki teachers try to be very, very strict about it being the Reiki modality and not mixing it with these other things because they don't want it to be confusing and they want it to be very simple for their practice. Um, that's the only thing I could really think of. But in, in truth, you know, this is, this is all my understanding that I'm sharing with you. And I hope you can agree when you really look at it through the lens I'm looking at it here. So, again, we don't set our attention or our intentions on the awareness that this energy exists quite often or that it can be directed consciously, like I said. Now, if you watch the news all day and you could see how this conscious direction is abused all day long for its ratings, you can at least understand that there is a, a direction of energy going on in the world, right? And if you watch the news, it's focus on this or focus on that. Be, be one or the other, you know, um, or they try and direct you to be one specifically, knowing that you're going to either choose to be the other in opposition to that or you're going to be in favor of it. So your, your energy is already being hijacked right there. You have the ability to actually direct energy yourself without having to watch something outside of yourself to do it for you. So that's what, what my message usually is here. Most importantly, you know, we don't typically know intuitively how to increase, enhance, and embrace energy on our own without reaching or grabbing for something or some outside substance to set us in all right mode. Temporary fixes, no bueno, not good. We need long-term solutions. So much of our everyday problems are rooted in fear of the future or regrets of the past, which is still use of this energy. But it's in this place that we focus and direct the energy to create more of what we don't want, most often unintentionally. So again, I know you've heard me speak of these concepts and this universal truth before if you've been listening to my podcast. When we live in such a place, the domain of the already created ego, our identity, is in the driver's seat. And when that occurs, if our ego isn't aligned with, with our true essence, if it isn't aligned with spiritual principles, if it isn't aligned with love, we can't take dominion of the moment. We're on that hamster wheel, our groundhog day, same thoughts, same experiences, day in, day out, recreating a reality we don't even want to live in. We don't really want to live in it anyway, right? So now we already easily transfer and receive large amounts of Reiki energy also during times of extreme pain or extreme pleasure. Now, even if we've not previously referred to the energy as Reiki, it's been there all along. It might eventually bring up your uh, estrogen and testosterone levels to orgasm, or it may put you into anxiety and depression one way or the other when you're focusing your energy on one or the other, right? You're gonna either experience extreme pleasure or extreme pain. That is life force energy. That's what we're talking about here. So there's a space in the moment of the now that opens up for universal life energy to flow in and throughout our being and around us. 
Most of us, however, are not attuned to or aware of the subtle energy transference, and so we miss its presence and its gift entirely. We're running through life at full speed. We're typically only aware of the momentary bliss we feel and unaware of how to maintain the experience beyond those fleeting moments of pleasure derived from outer gratification. When we learn to live in the moment, we begin to recognize, enjoy, and become ready to receive the benefits from the life force called Reiki. So when you're unable to recognize this connection to this energy on your own, this is where a Reiki master comes in to aid you in receiving and flowing in harmony with Reiki, right? It could start with a conversation such as this one or just listening to a podcast such as this one, really. It's not a conversation unless you're talking back to me, right? But conversation similar to, to this subject. But when a Reiki master gets in there to actually facilitate the movement of that energy, there can be a very big shift because it's beyond the energy you're used to experiencing. So many of us are so used to that being driven by material desires and outside stimulus, giving our energy over to those things. And even once we recognize this, and then we attempt to stop relying on these out things, outside things for our comforts. It's difficult to remove energetic blockages that that created on our own. So being willing to trust a Reiki master to aid as a conduit to pass this energy to us until we can do so on our own is a very wise choice. And we can learn how to do Reiki on ourselves as well. But often a belief that others are able to embody this energy allows us to open up even just slightly to allow some of this energy to pass into us. So as long as you believe that, that I believe, for example, like, oh, I believe that you believe this energy works, so I'm going to sit here, stay still, and allow you to pass this energy to me. I believe that you know how to do that. That is, that's, that's step one. That's, that's like a small piece of this whole process. So sometimes it's a bit easier to believe that someone else believes in us, right, as well. Like if somebody, somebody really believes in us and they keep on being your cheerleader, right? You know, that's why cheerleaders are off on the sidelines of baseball and football games. And if they actually paid attention to the cheerleaders, you know, obviously if the cheerleaders are attractive, they're, they're looking at them more often, right? Um, and maybe it's not motivational, maybe it's distracting. But in a, in a lot of cases, you know, you can have cheerleaders that help guide you and, and, and make you feel like you're worthy of receiving sometimes or you're worthy of being cheered for, you're worthy of being loved. But it's more important for us to really embrace that for ourselves. But we don't always feel that way right away, right? We don't. So another example here is, did you ever stand next to someone that you know meditates often or smells like essential oils and... They just have this special calm about them. They're easy to talk to, nothing seems to bother them, and just being next to them helps you feel, just feel relaxed. And when this happens, it's because you're at least open enough to be in touch with the subtle life force energy of Reiki, even if you're not aware of it being called that, or you're aware that your life force is drained by other people, <laughs> and you just feel it pick up a bit when you're around this type of person. So it's also happening because that person is connecting to it consciously so strongly and frequently that it emanates from them in an electrically charged field that can be physically felt by others around them. Now, people that are in depression and anxiety and anger create the very same thing, right? When you're in a room full of people that are angry and hateful, you can feel that energy. You can feel that, com that discomfort, and you either want to 
join in and get crazy with them or you want to step away. There's a very deep power in collective consciousness and the consciousness of more than one person together. So this is also similar to the electron-charged energy field that the energy of the earth gives off when we walk barefoot through the grass, for example, which is that earthing thing that I talked about in another episode, which is really actually the same energy we're talking about here. But we're just talking about the ability to be a conduit just like the grass is a conduit. So that being said, Reiki's been around for much longer than its namesake, and it's been called Chi, Ki, and many other names since at least the dawn of man, and is now even being imparted into science in the last hundred years or so in the field of quantum physics as the energy that flows through everything at all times. The energy before it made manifest, before it is made manifest and directed, is in what's called the quantum field the field of pure potentiality, and it's just waiting there to be directed consciously into 3D. And the movement of this energy from one human to another through the laying of hands over and on the body is called Reiki. So let me share with you a bit more information on the most, uh, the, the most pertinent Reiki master that's come along before me, the original grandmaster himself, Dr. Mikao Isui. I think that's how you say it. Mikao Asui, something to that, to that line. Um, anyway, there, there were other lineage and masters even at the same time as Dr. Asui. However, he's the most widely recognized in the current historical records as the founder of Reiki. So Dr. Asui was raised in a Buddhist family in 1865. He studied in a Buddhist monastery, and he searched for many years for a method of energy healing that he could consistently practice and replicate. He even studied in the United States, actually, even for a little while before then also going back and studying scriptures and ancient Sanskrit writings diligently for answers. And like many ancient respected teachers, such as the Buddha and Jesus, Dr. Asui eventually chose to meditate and fast for 21 days in a holy place, which was in this high mountain in Japan. And the story goes on that on the 21st day, a light struck him directly on the head and presented the symbols of Reiki to him. Now, these symbols I won't really get into here because they're they're part of the initiation process of becoming a Reiki practitioner, and you'll learn them when needed if you go through the initiation practice. So in this state of enlightenment that he was in, just like you know, the Buddha and, the Jesus, and Jesus got this enlightenment and became very crystal clear, and then they decided to keep that energy, he was walking back down the mountain, and he stubbed his toe and cut it open, and it began to bleed. This is, this is the whole story, right? And as Dr. Sui held his foot in his hand, the toe quickly ceased bleeding very quickly, much quicker than it normally would. And this made him realize that this gifted state of being and consciousness that he was now in was something to cherish and to share with others. And so he then began his practice and called it Reiki, using the symbols that were shown to him to invoke the energy and transfer it to others. And so the practice of Reiki and its namesake began. Now, there's been many other masters of Reiki throughout the world since then. And now I know, just like me, you might be skeptical of learning such stories, you know, not really believing, you know, that 21 days of fasting and meditation could actually create this mystical experience, or like some, perhaps you'll just believe the fullest version of his story is 100% literal, not believing that it's possible for you at all, 
and that it's just somebody that was touched by God and that it's a complete and total miracle. But I'd like to provide some insight here because this is not holy (laughs) bullshit at all. It's really not bullshit, and any of us can experience this if we just allow the energy to come through us. Misinterpretation of biblical stories and other religious dogmas has led us to separation, to killing one another, and blind rage in the name of blind faith. The world doesn't need those disasters anymore. We have seen the results of that. It's definitely not looking like God is favoring anybody that's doing these things, right? It's definitely not. So please bear with me here and stick to the provable facts. Take the time to listen to truth. Truth is a gift. It's patient, it's kind, and it's synonymous to love. And if you don't believe that that 21-day experience is possible, try it for yourself and see exactly what transforms. So let's stay in reality. Let's truly appreciate the gift of love. So here's a quick story here for you because I'm not just telling you to go off on, 21 day, on a 21-day retreat and see if it happens to you without my own experience here. So I once went on a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat, which is a Buddhist retreat of noble silence. So it was 10 days of all fully vegan meals. No stimulants, no reading, no writing, no talking, no exchanging of glances even to other people, no outside stimulation whatsoever, no cell phones, no anything, but meditation, breakfast, lunch, and only herbal tea for dinner. And maybe a little piece of fruit for, you know, if you're, if it's your first time there, you're allowed to eat a piece of fruit with your tea. If, the, if not, it's suggested that you only have tea. So occasionally I would just have tea, but sometimes I did go for the fruit because I was pretty hungry. But you couldn't even, there wasn't even sugar or honey for your tea. It was just herbal tea for dinner and maybe that piece of fruit, like I said. So I was instructed each day by a guru in the beginning of the day. And, you know, there was a, a Dharma talk at the end of the day. So the only stimulation you had was a half hour, maybe a 20 minute or half hour conversation that was on a videotape at the end of the day. And 10 minutes of guided meditation from this guru that was sitting there at the head of the class, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better word. I know there's a better word for it. Sangha, something like that. But it was the only thing that the guru would tell me is, you know, they would say, sit with your back straight in full lotus or half lotus position. Do not move. Do not scratch anything. Just breathe. Everything else will pass. Just observe it. Change nothing. And then it eventually evolved over a few days. It became focus on the breath until you can feel it touch your upper lip. Feel the energy of life as it moves from the top of your head down to your toes and then back up again. And it was a bit more detailed than that, but I also invite you to go on your own Vipassana retreat to get that experience yourself because for me, man, was that life-changing. I mean, I can tell you that after just 10 days, I had cured a wicked case of poison ivy in just the first three days, or rather the Reiki life force energy that was coming through me, coursing through my veins, cured it and my absolute refusal to itch it because I was told not to scratch, right? I listened to that advice, and that was the best advice. Three days, if you've ever had poison ivy, you know you're in for three weeks of hell. 
if you've had it bad. And I get it. I got it bad all the time. So three days and not even a, not even a touch of it, that's some really impressive stuff there. So by after those 10 days, my whole body was so cleansed and buzzing with life that by the end of those 10 days, like my mind was so crystal clear, I felt like I could walk on water. I didn't, and I didn't even try to, but I felt so light and pure, it was truly amazing. I mean, I truly felt like I needed to have like a robe and long hair and look like Jesus for a minute. <laughs> like I really felt so amazing. Yeah, I mean, I went to my spiritual center on my way home on a Sunday, and I was uh, approached by a very spiritual musician, this woman named Dina Finney, who is a beautiful soul, by the way, that I still follow on Instagram. Her music is is really like etheric and beautiful, um, and her music was amazing that day as well. But you know, she saw me downstairs afterwards in the, for a social hour, and uh, she said to me, "Where did you just come from?" She put her hand on my shoulder, looks at me right in the eyes, goes, "Where did you just come from? Your aura is so..." radiating. And I just smiled and I, I was a little bit taken back because I was like, wow, I didn't realize that this could be, you know, experienced from others around me. So she said, I just smiled at her and I told her how I had just left a Vipassana meditation retreat. And she just said something like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. That's beautiful. Something to, something to those degrees. I'm paraphrasing what she said. I really don't remember. It was 20 years ago already that this happened. But, um, so if me, I, myself, am the guy that was riddled with anxiety and extreme irrational fear as a child and severe emotional and mental abuse, can find that radiance and let it shine through me that brightly so that others can feel it and see it if they're in touch with that energy, so can any of you that are out there listening to this. The energy that radiates and moves life through all of us is so incredibly beautiful. And as for today's podcast, when one is attuned to the symbols that Mr. Asui saw and taught after his 21-day meditation and fast and is willing and available to be a conduit for this energy to you, you will be blessed with an amazing gift if you allow a Reiki practitioner to do this for you. It's such a beautiful feeling. It feels way more amazing than you would think it does. But your doubt matters. If you come into it completely and totally skeptical, it does matter. You know, so you, you got to work on that a little bit, slowly but surely. So let's let's just get give you a little bit of demystifying here, so you know exactly what a Reiki session would kind of entail. And it might vary different between different practitioners. Some may use crystals. I happen to be one that uses crystals as well, putting them underneath the table. Um, anything that aligns with the chakras, you know, and I might put essential oils in a diffuser if I'm able to do so, if somebody's not sensitive to it or is comfortable allowing me to partake in that. Um, but in general, this is what you should at least expect. So a Reiki master, as I kind of outlined already, is not the source of healing during a Reiki session, but is a conduit for this universal life energy. So once you know what it feels like to be around someone that carries Reiki energy intentionally, you can recognize a good Reiki healer, but just get out there and experience it. Because if you have a novice who's not yet comfortable holding such energy versus someone who truly sets the intention and really knows how to tap into those good vibes, you'll eventually be able to be open enough to recognize the difference between somebody that's just 
showing up and sticking their hands over you and like, okay, let's just hurry up and get this over with. And they're, if they're not present and they're not conscious, they're not really doing much for you, you might think, oh, well, that was shit. Nothing really happened. But if they know how to be present and conscious and they're really setting that intention for you and their energy is clear and they're, they're doing the work for you, you, it's a really, really powerful experience. So it might take some time if energy work is new to you for you to recognize that difference, but eventually it catches on. But just the act of being present, somebody being there with their hands as the conduit for life force energy, it's still going to transfer. There's no, there's no way anybody can stop that from happening. It's just a matter of the, the, uh, the purity of it and the power behind it. It's different when somebody's really in tune with it. So a typical Reiki treatment is one that facilitates healing to a physical pain or an emotional blockage within you, the client, who grants permission for and belief in the healing. And to facilitate clearing that blockage, a session would entail the practitioner, the Reiki master, asking if you have a specific intention for the session. So if you as the client are already aware of where that blockage may be or what that intention, like let's say, you know, well, I have pain in my right shoulder and I've been going to get massages regularly and I go to a chiropractor and it just, it still seems to be there no matter what I do. So, okay, so your intention is to feel comfort and relaxation and mobility in your shoulder and be pain-free, right? And then they gain, they, they gain agreement from you. So... Another example might be, I intend to experience less anxiety and irritability, or I intend to be able to relieve some other pain, right? So again, the practitioner will repeat the intention back to you at times, sometimes asking for a bit more clarity before doing so, and then often may reword your intention to express your highest good, because just putting that word out there and attaching it to the action of the intention is important. If you're not aware of your intention or what needs the most healing, a good Reiki practitioner may also use a pendulum to show them where energy may be blocked in a part of your auric field or your body. And I know that sounds weird to somebody that might not be familiar with energy work, but I've been able to duplicate this and I amaze people with my ability to find what on them needs the most healing just by what's called dousing with the pendulum, where you hold the pendulum over the person, and depending on how much movement, the, the pendulum will actually start to rotate in a circle when there is positive energy movement. And it'll, it'll go in a reverse if there's uh, a, a blockage or it's, it's closed down and slow. Or if it is completely blocked, then the pendulum will not move. Like I said, I know that sounds really weird. But, you know, if you, like, clap your hands together and rub them really vigorously, kind of like, you know, you can kind of imagine what I'm doing with my hands right here, right? And then you just hold your hands away from each other, but kind of close, like within like a quarter inch to a half inch away from each other. You can absolutely feel that energetic charge moving back and forth, just like the electrons in the earth, as I was talking about with the earthing, when you put your feet in the grass, or if you... Let's say you rub your hand or you rub your foot against the ground and then there's that friction and you get static electricity, right? And then you shock somebody 
because you have that static electricity running through you. That's this energy transference that we're talking about here. So when you hold a pendulum steadily over somebody's body at that quarter inch to a half inch apart from their body, it will actually start to move with the energetic frequency that's part of your body. So once the specific, once the specific blockage area is determined, there'll be a series of hand gestures that the Reiki practitioner will move through. And typically they'll move from the head, the crown of your head, all the way down to your feet for a full session. Sometimes they'll do a session that's just specifically on the area that's causing you discomfort or causing you anxiety or pain. So through these series of hand gestures and the laying of hands, which is usually hovering above, but at times with hands-on. Non-invasive, of course, should always be non-invasive and respectful, like on, you know, just on your shoulders or cupping your hands or cupping your feet or something like that. Like you shouldn't, nobody should be touching your genitals or your breasts or your butt or anything like that, putting their hands on your body all over the place. That's not, that's not really a professional Reiki session. You can do that with, with somebody. It's not going to be causing harm. It might cause the opposite <laughs> effect. Um, but only if that's mutually respectfully agreed upon, not in a professional session ever. So then the Reiki master opens themselves as a conduit for the Reiki energy to flow through his or her hands through to you, the client, and to begin to facilitate the healing of many possible conditions. So I've heard many Reiki teachers and practitioners say that you do not have to believe in Reiki at all for it to work. However, truly, that really has not been my experience. Not with anybody that I've spoken with or, or actually done Reiki on. So, you know, it's been my experience that you'll heal at, the lev at your level of receptivity to the energy as it's delivered to you. So if you believe in the healing while you were there and then you go home and focus on the pain, discomfort, or ailment again, you may need multiple sessions and work on your belief before any long-term healing occurs. But you'll probably feel better, at least in the short term, even after just one single session. And that's why I guess Reiki practitioners say, you know, well, it works even if you don't believe in it. Sure, it works a little bit, but you can definitely, definitely get a lot more for your money <laughs> and a lot more out of the experience when you believe in it and when you pay attention and gain an awareness of what this energy is. So I'm also not saying you shouldn't try as many times as you can to allow the sessions themselves to work because they absolutely can. Just being around an energy healer consistently that is being a conduit is contagious. So during a session, as the energy is flowing from the practitioner's hands to you, you may feel warmth or a cooling sensation from the Reiki master's hands. You might also feel a tingling or a vibrating sensation within your body or skin as the energy begins to shift and move. And I've even experienced as a Reiki client where I've felt like I needed to jump out of my skin. There was just too much energy trapped for me to even sit still. And that, that can happen as well, but not often. So then it's just, you just stay focused on what the Reiki practitioner is doing and on feeling the energetic shift. Now, if you allow your mind to wander somewhere else, you're not fully allowing for the full effect of a Reiki session. So don't just take it as a time to almost take a nap while you're thinking about, you know, what you're gonna go home and cook for dinner or what you have to do tomorrow or what's on your planner or what you 
what phone calls you forgot to make before you entered the session. Any of that stuff's just definitely going to detract from the whole experience. So the Reiki session might last anywhere from about 20 minutes to an hour. And many patients benefit from multiple sessions depending upon the severity of the illness or emotional blockage in which they're experiencing, as well as on whether or not the patient is fully receptive to the movement of energy, as I said. So sometimes a practitioner can feel that your energy is having a hard time shifting and they might spend a little bit more time in certain areas or through the whole process itself to give you an opportunity to really open to that shift. And a good Reiki practitioner can feel when that energetic shift is taking place and know when it's time to move on. So this can be discussed with the practitioner, especially ahead of time, like you could say, hey, how long is this gonna take? And they may tell you, it could take 20 minutes, but it's usually about an hour, you know, at the most. So depending on your level of comfort, you know, you let them know how long you're willing to, to be there if an hour is too long, if it's your first session or something like that, and you just wanna give them a break and give you a break and take it a little slower. But I recommend the hour, truthfully. So how, again, can the effects of Reiki be maximized? Let's just get a little bit, a little bit more. Understanding what Reiki is and being open to receiving a healing through it can and does improve the health of the client, which is why I'm presenting you with this episode, so that you have a little bit more knowledge before you go into a Reiki session. However, one thing will significantly improve the experience, a deep understanding of universal life energy and a belief that all life is connected as one. That really helps, because then you feel like the practitioner's energy is your energy. The energy that's already in the earth is there, it's created, it's moving, it's flowing, it's always changing. You just go with the flow. As Deepak Chopra says in his book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, a flower doesn't try to grow, it just grows. The flower does not think, does not try, does not focus. It just experiences universal life energy without interruption. It acts in pure harmony with nature, as nature. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that, that is the way that life works, right? A flower does not think about growing. It just grows. We think way too much. We punish ourselves a thousand times over for mistakes. We relive pleasures in our brain and try and reach outside to grab them again and again. Animals don't do that. They just live. They experience what they need to experience. Humans are the only living being on earth that has a consciousness capable of interrupting the flow of universal life energy at will. That's crazy. We have this gift of consciousness, but we can also interrupt it. Animals and plants always allow it. This interruption we create through distractions and thoughts of the past and the future compromises our health, compromises our affluence, our energy levels, our emotional stability, our mental clarity, which are all fueled by universal life energy to begin with. We just need to get our ego out of the way and let this energy do its thing. That's it. Very difficult to do, but a very simple concept. So understanding that Reiki is a naturally occurring experience that our consciousness can interrupt is a start to truly embracing all that, Reiki all that a Reiki session from a Reiki master can provide for you. 
The second step is to consciously embrace reconnecting to universal life energy on a regular, if not daily basis, through meditation, time in nature, conscious exercise, yoga, Zen, practices of Zen. Check that out. Some really cool stuff like washing the dishes and feeling the warmth of the water on your hands, being grateful for the dishes, being grateful for life, all kinds of cool stuff. Or just sitting in complete silence. And there's so many more ways to do that. So just ask me, please ask me. I have tons of ones I've tried, I've done, that work for me, that don't work for me, that might work for you. I've got tons of suggestions for you. I'm sure that I can find one or several that'll work for you as well. So this connection can also be accomplished by being fully present for a Reiki session regularly as well, as I stated earlier. Or if you go for massage sessions, they're completely different from Reiki because that's total hands-on and sometimes deep tissue and very invasive, whereas Reiki is not mostly, it is mostly hands-off and just energetic. But you can be present for both of those experiences and you can definitely experience energetic shifts or relaxation of your muscles, relaxation of your body, your bones, your mind, your spirit. It's all about giving yourself the time to unwind, get out of the analytical mind, and be present in the moment. So the more present in the moment you are for a Reiki session and the more present your Reiki practitioner is, conscious of the life force energy, the more the healing art of Reiki leaves on the canvas of your soul. So let me talk now a little bit about healing disbelief because so many people look at this stuff as hokey shit and it is crazy to me. So the world at large, especially the Western world of the United States and on sites such as Wikipedia, which I don't even go to for anything really anymore other than don't look at it this way, look at it a different way, you'll find that Reiki is considered there as pseudoscience, saying that there have never been scientific studies in which a person is hooked up to machines to monitor it as a Reiki practitioner performs Reiki, labeled as such on a willing client with proven results. None that were not staged to disprove its principles anyway. So I laughed when I read that on Wikipedia because I, I, I needed to just see what they said. I laughed so hard at this because I know from direct experience that it's straight up ignorance of the truth. It's, it's because so many of us are so stuck in our analytical mind and so needing proof before we'll actually try and just experience for ourselves directly. Like we don't all need to be taught. We're not children anymore. We were at some point, maybe you are still young listening to this, I doubt it, but <laughs> we're, we're, once you're an adult, like experience things for yourself and then make the judgment after you really, really are armed with all the information. So this insane denial definitely helps sell drugs though, right? Oh, Reiki doesn't work, so I guess I should just go take a sedative. No, no. Try the alternative healing first. So to illustrate the absurdity of this claim, I'd like to point out that the universe is over 90% dark matter or dark energy, right? That's what scientists are saying now. And they can't explain that. They have no idea why. They have no idea what it is, right? So, well, science doesn't know everything. 
right? (laughs) We can see that. Science observes what is already created and calls it fact. For a while, if science is fact, why do they have to keep updating their theories when new discoveries emerge? Science is theory. It's testing. Energy is constant. Chew on that. Now, quantum physics, on the other hand, well, now we have a science that emerged in the early 1900s. That's right. It was the early 1900s, but over 100 years later now, it's finally starting to gain some headlines and is more supportive of energetic healing and the quantum field. So look to the works of some of my favorites that I talk about all the time, Dr. Joe Dispenza, with his series Rewired, or go to any of his seminars. I've never been to his seminars. I don't know that I can even afford it. I have no idea even how much they cost, because, but the, the free content I can get is fantastic. And then Greg Braden in the show Missing Links on Gaia.com for some beautiful, beautiful illustrations and scientific proof that energy exists in a field before it is manifest into form. And then there's, um, there's also uh, the Mystery School teachings with Teresa Bullard on, on Gaia as well. That one I really love. But man, that one I had to watch every episode like a thousand times over because she's very, very smart and it is very complex stuff. But so worth the wor- work if you really want to le- learn about this energetic field. So it's within this energetic field that the Reiki master opens themselves up to and opens you up to to deliver these astounding results. It's not the Reiki practitioner, their ego, their special skills. It's their hands laying over you and just being a conduit for energy, kind of like a stream will feed a lake, right? You're the lake. Your body's the lake. Just the arms of the practitioner are the stream, and God or the energy of the world that is out there in this quantum field emerging from that dark matter spot that they can't understand into you and allows creation of something new, allows creation of healing. So it's through our open minds, our belief and understanding that we might access this full potential of this. Anyone with a closed mind can discount Reiki. Anyone, right? Everybody likes to discount stuff. But doing so will absolutely stunt its long-term efficacy for the Reiki client, for sure. It's one thing to dismiss modern religious dogmas that lock people into fear and control, and another thing entirely to claim that spirituality and intent does not precede scientific observation. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Take a look at peer-reviewed observations of the placebo effect to gain understanding of the power of belief, or how back to the days of Hitler, go, go look back to the days of Hitler and ask yourself how thousands, if not millions of Nazis and much of the world stood behind his insane claims of white supremacy, or how at some point slavery was considered legitimately a way to employ people, right? And and that we still believe that we should do work that we hate for money. (laughs) Belief is very, very powerful. The problem is we easily seem to believe in the bad and the lower emotions of anger, rage, anxiety, and depression, right? We're caught in that analytical mind, that fight or flight, that crazy stuff. So that's why we need to be opened to allow the real, allow the new energy to come through. The higher emotions of joy, love, compassion, and bliss are something we often need help with. That's okay. That's all right. We're, we're, we're accustomed to the opposite. That's normal. 
You're not beyond help just because you're feeling very negative about life. In fact, you're the majority. So why would we not want to learn to believe in things that can actually help us to find peace, comfort, joy, and bliss? Don't just believe in what is right in front of your face that's already created. Dare to experience the unknown and take the longer, more scenic route through life directly in your own experience. Only you can lift yourself out of the darkness and allow the light to shine in. Only you. Nobody's going to emanate that for you. Nobody's going to touch you on the forehead and aha you to life. Of course, it does help if you actually believe that they can, then maybe you will. (laughs) But moving on, I'd like to finalize this post by stating again that I am a Reiki master consistently dedicated to renewing universal life energy within myself every day, day in and day out, and with a true understanding that all life is connected. No matter who you are and what your experience level, I know that a Reiki session with me can benefit you. Absolutely can. So this is not about my ego. It's not about me being the great I am, and it never should be for any of your Reiki practitioners. Reiki energy flows through me as the conduit, not me as the master. All I do is open to it and allow it to do what it does, just as it does for the flower, the tree, the life in the ocean, and the growth of children in the womb, for that matter. Sure, a mother needs to pay attention to her diet and pay attention to all of those things to grow a healthy child, but even if she doesn't, a baby still comes out, typically, unless they really, really... That's, that's a really good example of being able to stop life force energy. Right? You could even have a baby ripped right out of you if you wanted to stop that life force energy from creating. So we can do the very same thing with our emotional stability. We can, we can grow our negative emotions like a baby in the womb or we can grow our positive emotions like a baby in the womb. And which one do you think is going to produce life? So... Whether you're looking for a hands-on session, meaning in close contact or a virtual healing as Reiki can be sent through the universe anywhere, I'm here to help. I I don't know how much I believe as, I mean, I do believe in a distance healing session, but I'll be honest with you and say that I've, the only thing I've ever done is said like an affirmative prayer treatment for somebody from a distance and I've actually seen results from that. Um, I can't attest to how how amazing that is, especially if you're new to it. I'd much rather have that hands-on experience where I'm hovering my hands above you rather than doing a distance healing, but I'm open to try if you are, so let me know. (laughs) So I will offer the first session with me completely free for up to one hour of conversation about Reiki and working on your belief structure or questions and concerns, and at least a 20-minute starter session for nothing at all. Once we pave the way for your belief, your buy-in to me as a Reiki Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master, and you have this understanding, this basic understanding of Reiki, we can then discuss session two, or even get right into a full Reiki session right then and there if you're really excited about it and ready to try it. So the bottom line is you've got nothing to lose to reach out to me and just see what you have, see what experience you have, right? It's a new experience, one way or the other. 
So you can contact me for now at cuethecoach at yahoo.com to get started. I don't ever, ever attempt to sell your email address to anyone ever. I really mean that. And I will not spam message you or send you a barrage of emails. You have my word. I am working on getting a website up and running, at which time you'll then be able to sign up there, and then I can contact you directly from there. But for now, please use my email address. And as always, I thank you so very, very much for listening to today's podcast. I am your host, Michael Malik, signing off for now. Take care, everyone. Namaste. Until next time.